0: Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face-to-face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Encounter Grace. My name is Ben Hendricks, and today I get to actually interview you, Jason, over one of, like kind of an idea or a topic that I think is going to make one of the most helpful Mm. Yeah, podcast that we've actually done as as we've got to kind of go back and forth because in the, I think in our current social and political climate right now we we're kind of struggling with our idea of what does it mean to be patriotic what does it mean mm. to be an American and so as we're in the week up. In the coming of the 4th of July, I think it would be so helpful for us to kind of look at what what is patriotism? Hmm. Versus all the other outlets of it and mm-hmm. so as right now as as Patriotism in a way seems to have become a bit of a dirty word Ooh. What what why is that? What does that mean for us? How do we navigate through that and as always you you have some kind of chart or some framework <laughs> or something that helps us understand this because I like personally, I think I need help in this. Mm. So what what do you have for us? How are you going to answer this once and for all?
0: Yeah, right. Once and for all in 22 minutes (laughs) and uh, a little bit of stuff at the end. You know, uh, patriotism, healthy patriotism. Is there such a thing? I think so. I absolutely think so. I think it is a right and a good thing to love a place because it's your home. Mm. That's a good thing. Patriotism has its limits, though, and I think after we go from healthy patriotism, you can go into a, a thing called chauvinism, which we all hear about male chauvinism, but actually male chauvinism, That's. but there's other things, there's other kinds of chauvinism, and it began this idea of chauvinism uh, actually on the patriotic spectrum, where okay. some guys said, actually... I love my country so much, I'm just gonna do whatever because it's the only thing that matters. And it's mm. this guy, Chauvin, following Napoleon Bonaparte around. Okay, fine. So Chauvinism is excessive patriotism, unreasonable patriotism, turning a blind eye to the problems of our home that we love. Yeah. For patriotism, we love our home because it's our home. It
1: seems like all good patriotism gets kind of thrown under that. Like, oh, if right now, if you can say anything good, oh, you must be missing
0: all of the bad. Yeah, if you say something good, yeah, and and so actually now I think a lot of people are are using are, are are using patriotism, but they're meaning chauvinism. Yeah, but they're different things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then actually, when you go too far on chauvinism, <laughs> you get into straight up nationalism or even what they used to call jingoism, which is beyond patriotism, beyond chauvinism, a dangerous pride in country, an attitude that only cares about the welfare and the people and the ideas of our country and the actions of it and um in in gospel terms it's a repudiation of love of neighbor on the national level this okay. idea of nationalism which okay. we are hearing more and more in the last 3 or 4 or 5 years so what
1: i mean i'm just curious and like how did, how have you seen because like, as i'm processing the kind of the difference between pra- patriotism and even nationalism it seems that a bit of it is like a patriotism is just a love for you, the home that you came yep. from but country. nationalism and jingoism ends up becoming like almost antagonizing everybody else. Be like, look, yeah. but you're not us. Yeah. Because we're better. It's, it just seems to be elevating yourself. Like you can love something, but you don't have to say it's better than everybody else's thing.
0: Right. Is that, and, would you say that's true? Like, is oh, that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You know, you can be patriotic or chauvinistic or nationalistic, quote unquote, about your church, about yeah. your school about anything your sports team yeah <laughs> you know
1: and i think i just get that confused because over the last couple of years we've heard nationalism everywhere yeah but i don't
0: think everything is nationalism right so it's interesting because um you know, I, I don't want to trigger anyone, but I'm going to say the word Donald Trump. Oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, he got into a lot of trouble right at the beginning of his presidency for saying, I'm the president of this country, and this is the country I have to take into account. This, you know, well, wait a minute. You know, internationalists in the media and in the pundit class, they're like, oh, but wait a minute. Our allies in Western Europe and this kind of stuff. And yeah, they're saying, oh, he's evincing a nationalism because he's saying I'm responsible to these people. I don't I don't think that statement is nationalism. No. I actually don't even think it's patriotism. It's just that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I love 902 church, but my job is not 902 church. It's Grace Fellowship. Yeah. That's not because I don't like them, but that's just because that's my job. People equated that with nationalism. He didn't help it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had a few other things, you know, in terms of his 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 game on Twitter, which you know he he skated. Uh, and he either did really well or really poorly, depending on your standing. I think though, you could also look at the Trump slogan, make America great again. And I actually think you could grid that and people mm-hmm. read that or have heard it on each of those three levels. Like you could hear that as a love of country. Like I love my country. I want to make it great again. You can hear it chauvinistically. And if you don't like Trump, you would have heard it chauvinistically. Like our is the greatest in the world and we're going to make it great. And we're going to get it back to that greatness. Wow. And, or you can even hear it nationalistically or jingoistically, like we just don't care about anyone else. Maybe wow. that's all that's contained so in that, but I think you can, depending on where you start. That's yeah. You
1: I've never it. really thought of it that way. I, I always thought, saw it a little bit more optimistically. Like, Oh, like we want to like as patriotic, but.
0: And that's cause I, that's I, who, I, who
1: you are. Well, I try to be, uh, but it's just so interesting. Like I've never thought of about taking that little slogan that you can kind of slot it through mm-hmm. those. Uh, well. Okay. End
0: of Trump. No more Trump. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, let's consider <laughs> this, like what what are some actual good reasons to celebrate this country? Yeah. But what what are
0: what are bad reasons? Oh, it's true. This is fun, and you know, this is really fun because I didn't grow up here. I was not born here, yeah. and I came to this country. Uh, and, and now my family's here. And so I became a citizen. I naturalized several years ago. And a couple of years after that, I got to deliver the remarks at the naturalization ceremony, mm-hmm. downtown Kinston, Harmony Hall, you know, I mean the yeah. capital of North Carolina for about three weeks in August in 1775 or something, <laughs> you know, when New was, I mean, it was just great. It was just, that Harmony Hall is a, a wonderful thing. And 25 or so people from 12 different countries. Latin American countries, East Asian countries, Middle Eastern countries, on the back lawn of Harmony Hall taking the oath of citizenship. And I got to share with them what I think America is and why they're stepping into something great and something fun and something rich. And I really boiled it down to three reasons to celebrate America, three reasons for healthy patriotism. Number one is it, America is an idea and it's Mm. a fantastic idea. Like you go to Sweden and it's founded on ethnicity. Japan, it's founded on ethnicity. You know, Sweden is full of Swedes. Japan is full of Japanese, all that kind of stuff. Not America. It is not ethnic, it's ideation. (laughs) Mm. It's this idea that there are God-given rights, there is human potential, and that government exists to protect those rights and enhance that potential that opportunity. Like, that's it. And, you know, 87, you know, four score and seven years later, Abraham Lincoln said government of the people, by the people, for the people. That's not the way it works in all sorts of countries in the world. Government exists for itself. But here it's of the people, by the people, for the people, ideally. So this, this idea of human freedom and limited government is revolutionary,
1: which is so helpful, just to re, as a reminder, and even to know, because some people might be hearing that for the very first time. Yeah. That this is an idea. Like, it's easy to look at America's problems and be like, "Okay, well, that that thing must not be working." But to the to the problem that it was answering, like, what a difficult yeah. problem to bring people who don't look like each other or don't have mm-hmm. the same commonalities. Like, like you were saying, Swedes or Swedes, Japanese, like, they're that's them. Like, but so many different people. Like, that's yeah. that's so encouraging.
0: Yeah. And I think that idea, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And you know the thing, as our friend said, like, this is it. (laughs) This is fantastic. This ought to be, you know, you ought to cut that out and put in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. Unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like that, that idea is the seedbed. Human freedom, human opportunity, and limited government. Secondly, it's a nation of immigrants. So first, it's a nation that's an idea. And it's a great idea. Secondly, it's a nation of immigrants. Like even to today, nobody is beating down the door to, to get into other countries. I mean, some other countries, and they are like from, from uh, North Africa and, and some parts of the Middle East or, or uh, Asia coming into Europe. But really, also like America is known as a beacon for immigrants. Why does someone want to leave their home? Why does someone want to undertake great expense to move to something that's utterly strange? It's because they know there's this great idea, human freedom, opportunity, limited government, At least it's supposed to be. And this is why people are coming here. Um, it was very fun to look out at that crowd that day and see those, you know, two dozen or so folks. Um, and I got to encourage them to say, yeah, you're an immigrant, I'm an immigrant, but together now we're in this river made up of 10,000 different streams, but this river, If you're not, like if somebody looks down on you because you can't speak English that well, you know, because maybe you just came over from Yemen or from Vietnam. If you can't speak English that well, it's just because that person has forgotten their own family tree Mm because they're an immigrant too, unless they're Native American. Yeah, Like we're all immigrants. And I just think that is a great, great fact. Drawn by what? Well, human freedom, opportunity, limited government. That's it. So then I think the third thing that I shared with them that day is that actually America creates a new nationality. We don't become Japanese. We don't become Sweden, Swedish. We become Americans. Well, what does that mean if we're all coming from different backgrounds? If it's not, ethnic. well, yeah, the idea. Okay. But how does that play out? I'm telling you I think there's something in the water. <laughs> mm. I think there is. And I what I have seen and like I've been a student of political science and of cultural movements like I love this kind of stuff from the time I was, you know, 15 18 I had this fantastic history teacher in high school. I'm telling you high school teachers change lives and student sure. pastors yeah. and student pastors they change lives. Here's what I see in in the national character of America. I see a future orientation. Hmm. Some countries are all about preserving their past. Something in Americans want to make a better future. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. And I, I'm not saying d- past doesn't matter. I'm just saying yeah. we're not living in the past. <laughs> like this yeah. moment is past in the next so it, moment.
1: Kind of like an idea of like who we used to be or who we were. And yeah, like America seems to be more focused on who we could be and who, who we, we will could be. be. Yeah, yeah. And that's
0: that opportunity. Yeah also because of opportunity and this, this God given freedom and rights is we're a hard-working people. Mm. Americans are hardworking. This is a land of opportunity. That's not just a marketing slogan. <laughs> I mean, opportunity abounds. Sometimes often it goes over the edge of hard work and you know, people never catch a break. And you know, we mock uh, Germany and, and France for six week holidays, but maybe there's something to that dad being home with your kids a little more, yeah. but anyway we you know that's true too but a hard-working people this is fantastic and a place where work is rewarded i find thirdly americans to be extremely open and generous hmm. i've been in many countries i've been to 20 countries in the world people have these wonderful traits in different countries and one of the traits i see in america is an openness and a generosity um Collectively, as a group of us, but also individually, and yeah, there's jerks everywhere. But I just see <laughs> there's a willingness to be generous when there's trouble. People mm. help their neighbor. Wow. You know, that's why hitchhiking started here. It didn't start in communist Russia. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't really know. It's too know. cold there. Really. Hitchhiking started here. But then the last piece. So future oriented, hardworking, open and generous. The last piece. Uh, it's not simply what we are, but it's kind of this one really is sort of what we strive for in an ideal of God-given rights, which lead to liberty and opportunity and require limited government of the people, by the people. So this is the whole complex of of what we celebrate, and rightly so. Americans are and need to be, and that's the hard part, people of integrity and virtue and discipline Mm -hmm. and faith. We are not going to have freedom and an understanding of God-given rights without... Integrity, virtue, discipline, and faith. Hmm. Integrity, truth matters, and we're seeing less and less of it in the public sphere. We're seeing expediency everywhere. Just lie because we've got the right answer. We can lie because yeah. we're in power. That is horrifying. <laughs> virtue, character is everything, and you know the virtues or virtue in in general. Self-discipline is key. Integrity and virtue bring self-discipline. Without Mm. it, we have tyranny. If we have to have more and more laws and regulations because people won't stop themselves, that is tyranny. Mm. And then faith, you know, as Christians, we would say absolutely. The Declaration of Independence talks about providence, nature's God, supreme judge. These are all words for God. (laughs) We know he's in charge. A people without faith cannot be free. Hmm. And so that's—so this is like, hey, gospel people, get proclaiming the gospel. Hmm. Like, this is it. Anyway, there's a whole bunch. But I think this national character character of future-oriented, hardworking, open and generous, and then this integrity, virtue, discipline, and faith. I think that's what makes, you know, us—this place yeah. worth celebrating. So America— Healthy patriotism.
1: America has an idea, immigrants, and a new national identity. Okay, that— yeah. I mean that's a reason to be patriotic. I think think. so, but uh, you don't have to apologize for that. Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful thing. So how do how do we sometimes go too far in that? Like when do we kind of take the step into chauvinism,
0: or even Mm -hmm. nationalism? And this here, you know, that's good. I'm so it's hard to it's hard for me (laughs) to maybe bring bring uh, maybe a word of coaching, but I think whenever we think our country or our history is perfect, that goes too yeah. far. Whenever we think our country is objectively the best, I think that goes too far. Yeah. I think that kind of language is when we're morphing from patriotism to chauvinism or nationalism. Perfect or objectively the best, and maybe we maybe just talk about both of those. Uh, it's, it's not to not love America to say we aren't perfect. Yeah. Because that's true with every parent with your kid, and and actually the worst kids are the ones whose parents think they're perfect. Yeah. They become brats. You know, like we have to address sin where it is. And an interesting thing here, you know, there's a there's many levels that we could talk about the imperfections of America's past. Uh, the one that's on. Uh, display and really being addressed, I think in many ways, very constructively and in several ways, very destructively in the public sphere is the wound of race uh, and racial differences and injustice. And what do we do with that? But the the absolute truth is that uh, slavery was bad. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> 1619 or 1620 or whenever it started, the first boat coming over, to 1863 in the Emancipation Proclamation in a couple more years. Like that alone was bad. Mm-hmm. Then the way we blew it, we meaning the whole bunch of us from 1863. I mean, I love the way Martin Luther King Jr. famously expressed it in the I Have a Dream speech. We're here to cash in on the promissory note that's in the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal. Like Amen. I just think that's great language, yes. and he's bringing us back to the idea that we all celebrate. And guess what? He ac- he and the and the civil rights movement accomplished such amazing things. But I think it's hard for um for us to hear. Uh, and this is going to be a little bit provocative, um, but for slaves. And and so now I'm I'm stopping at 1863, but for slaves in our country, their experience of America was a totalitarian dictatorship. Mm -hmm. They had no freedom. The slave master controlled every aspect of their being, where you lived, who you married, what happened to your children, how you worked, what you worked on, corporal punishment, all that kind of stuff. That's really, I actually didn't even frame it that way. Like I, I I just read the Gulag archipelago, you know, several months ago about the USSR and all their work camps and death camps. And you know, man, for some slave owners, they were like the Gulag camp masters. Not all of them. And we're not saying they all are. it's never right to own people, but for a huge, I mean, that, that kind of, wow, we all hate the USSR and that system. Wait a minute. That was here for yeah. certain groups of people that were here. That's bad. Yeah. Unjust, unjust. That's not the idea of America. That's a birth defect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Like that is not
0: the idea. And in God's providence it took generations to work out. Hmm. And it did. See, I think the people saying America's all bad are missing that look how far we've come. Are we there yet? Not yet. Look how far we come. Are we working on it? Yes. And guess what? More than ever before people are working on it.
1: Yeah, I think we right now we're stuck in that place of where we get so divided on which which extreme are we going to land on? Yeah, yeah, of like the look at all look at all America's done versus the also look, look at all America's, America's done. done. Like I it, yeah. when I look at history, like it's America's history is unbelievably blemished in some ways, but there are so many good attributes and aspects of it as well, and how it's shaped and helped things.
0: And those blemishes are healing. Yep. Like, that's the thing is You're they're right. healing. They're not, they're not being scraped over and pussed in and, and mm. infected. And, and that doesn't mean, like some of them may, they're still healing to go, but I'm telling you from the slave plantation to the Oval Office, like that is a good thing. The most important person on the Supreme Court right now is uh, Justice Clarence Thomas. He's mm. the senior member that's not, I mean, this is, this is, there's been amazing movement and healing in racial terms. Are we done yet? No, we're moving, though. We're moving. The other thing is, um, so America's perfect. Nobody's really saying that. A few people, um, not really. But that would be chauvinistic. The other thing that is chauvinistic, and more of us are saying, so now you can relax a little bit, but more of us are saying this, is America's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I just say, the best at what? And you actually were were bringing this up the other day. The best at what? You have to qualify qualify what you're best at. So what are some of the things we are the best at?
1: Well, I always love the slogan, we're the back-to-back World War champs.
0: Uh, that's the one I just always like. Don't tell Churchill. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Size of economy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe going to be surpassed by, but yeah. And military. Yeah. What else? I think a tractor of immigrants. I, I actually didn't do the stats, but I think you could. For sure, more people are coming here than are going to anywhere else uh, in, in absolute terms, but I think also proportionally. I think, you know, on this land of opportunity, I really think this is the place where you can make the most of yourself. There are certain things that hurt you, hmm. uh, like in terms of, you know, healthcare and how that's paid for is tough, but, but that doesn't mean like it, 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 but you can make something of yourself here. Hmm. And in a lot of countries, you can't. It's fascinating. Yeah. And the poor in this country pay less tax and have less obligation to the government than they do in all of the Western Mm -hmm. European countries, which is fascinating. Yeah. Because we say, wait a minute, the rich need to pay their fair share. But actually, you do the math. In Germany, a lower middle class family is paying more of their income in taxes, meaning they have less freedom. Yeah, they have less freedom. Well, Olympic medals yeah. were the best. That's in those. what I was saying. This is the time. <laughs> this, this is what matters. But also you say the best in what? Child literacy, infant mortality. No, we're not. We're not the best yeah. in those. Child poverty, test scores in school. No, we're not the best in those. Now, part of that is we're a ginormous country. Yeah, You can take Denmark, 5 million people and and you know say, we're going to get the best, best math scores. 330 million people. It's just tough. But to just merely say, we're number one, we're the best. That smacks of chauvinism to anyone mm-hmm. who's not right inside your circle.
1: And it makes people defensive, too. I mean, when you're saying, no, 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 we're the best, well, that automatically is pushing someone to say, well, and you're not.
0: Right. And that's right. hard. Like, I, yeah. And it, it, yep. it seems like pushing someone else yep. down. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a great place, and we love it. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, and I love Chesterton's quote uh, about ancient Rome. Men didn't love Rome because she was great. She was great because men loved her. And when we love our home, it becomes great because we step in to help. What are some ways we help? I'll just give us a couple of three here. We're living in an open system, open political system, a we the people democracy. We can be part of changing things. I'm telling you, North Koreans, Chinese, Iranians, Russians, they would love to have the opportunity to change things. Navalny is in prison in russia because he's against putin that's all he's poisoned had to go to germany almost died and now he steps back into russia he's in prison on trumped up charges we can speak against anyone freedom of speech mm-hmm. we're in a we the people with freedom of redress all these kinds of things in the first amendment so i just think uh we the people get involved that's a great thing mm-hmm. the other thing the second thing is we live in a world of spiritual battle we're in a battle yeah It's not a physical battle. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. And though we're in an open system, not a closed system, so we can be involved. We have to remember it's a battle and it's a spiritual battle. Not that America is a kingdom of God, not that America is a Christian nation. No, God's chosen vehicle in time to work through is the people of God, Hmm. the people of God, but there's a battle for every soul. And for the flourishing that can or, or may not happen, depending on how society goes. So, man, get involved. Pray, but vote informed. Come on. Be part of Election Day. I mean, you yeah, know, right? we're, we're pretty amped up about what happened in the 2020 election. Well, I should say every Christian—not every Christian, but I should say every polling station should be filled with believers who aren't worried about the election outcome but are worried about the integrity of it. Yeah, And I say, go for it. I say, run for city office, county office, state office, national office. Do it. I mean, dog catcher. Get elected to dog catcher. (laughs) I mean, just wherever your heart is, go to city council meetings and things that are open to the public. Give your opinion. They ask for our opinion all the time. Let's give it. Let's give it. And it's a spiritual battle. Move towards people you disagree with. Hmm. Do it. Not to win them. But to learn from them, not because you think you should change your position. You may find you will. Yeah. But just because you'll have a stronger position and more charity. That's so true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a couple of quick ones. Um, you know, we're, it's a we the people democracy. So get involved. By the way, I didn't make that up. I forget who I heard that from. But we're part of a we the people democracy. What does that mean? You know, I love that. Yeah. It's a spiritual battle. Secondly, the third thing is just sort of a, a let's sum it all up. Hope is more powerful than hate. Like if our national character contains this future orientation, this hard work and this openness and generosity, and then this idea that um, striving for integrity and virtue and discipline and faith, all of these, all of these is hopeful, hmm. are hopeful. There's a lot of tellings of our national history or of our current events that are just lies. They're just okay, spreading yeah. despair and it's stupid. And it's and and it's on the fringes of both sides, far far right, far far left. The problem is, in the nat in the sort of nationwide tellings, they're they're leaning more to the far far left, Hmm. and it's it's telling a despairing story of the origins or the ongoing of this country. We're not saying we're perfect. Yeah, (laughs) we're saying there has been some amazing things. That God has done, and I think it's because of this future orientation, this hard work, this openness, generosity of these people striving for integrity. So that's that's kind of what hope is more powerful than hate. Let's Amen. let's be the hopeful people. Jason, out there.
1: thank you so much for, for doing this. Has been super helpful for me just as I've gotten to process this, listen to what you have. Like just as someone who's struggling with can, is patriotism a dirty word? Can yeah, I, I can I be patriotic? And I think you've just made it clear it isn't, and but there are dangers. Yeah, And we need to steer away from them. Guys, thank you so much just for listening. Like, subscribe it, send it to somebody. Uh, I think this will be one of the more helpful things that we can listen to this week for the 4th of July. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll see you then.
0: This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.